So last week, I did a great episode. I recorded a great episode on the DR10. And as I sat down to edit it, to upload it, I realized, hmm, this looks eerily familiar to the first episode I recorded. And when I started playing it back, I was like, hmm, this sounds eerily familiar. Well, it turns out I didn't record. Uh, one of the problems with the DR10, I think, is the record button. It's a slotted, okay, so if you go ahead and look up the image of the DR10, it's a belt clipped tiny box that you can attach to your person and record. Now, when it's on your belt, it's hard to see the settings that it's in. There's a slider on one side for you to activate the device, turn it on, and then after it turn it on, you push the slider in the other direction to start it recording, and the time clock should start counting up. That shows your recording. The difficulty is, some, it's hard to see the count up. I thought when I saw the numbers, I knew the device was on, but I thought it was in record mode. The screen doesn't change to red, or the visuals don't really show really well that you're in record mode. And so I recorded a whole episode. Great topic, too. I can get back into that topic. But turns out I didn't record anything. So that was a waste. So I would have made the DR10 slightly different. Maybe a dual button press, and then the LED screen lights up red to show it's recording. But other than that, I think the device has its, its uses. And obviously I'm recording, hopefully this one comes through. But um, I was going through previously on the topic of what to do, or I should say, how to best position yourself for the, this type of work. I do a lot of contract and consulting work, and how best to position yourself to do this kind of work. As I'm getting back out on the road briefly, I figure now would be a great time to record. I also bought a different microphone. I think I mentioned this before. I bought a different microphone, more of an earpiece than a lavalier. It only goes around one ear, but it's an earpiece rather than a lavalier. And I wanted to see how that will work moving forward. So this will be a quick recording as I think again. Oh, brother. So this will be a quick recording as I drop off some stuff at the office, head on for my site visit, and then get back here to get my car fixed. That's a long story. Because we do mostly AV tech and things of that nature, I wasn't gonna get into automotive stuff, not very much anyway. But maybe eventually I will because 
there's so much involved in that. There's so much that we do involving. Uh, now that now that audio's into now that electronics are all up and through cars, we can cover auto stuff as well. But uh, I do enjoy working on cars, but it's not really the topic of Unwired. Welcome to Unwired. Huh. Poor job, poor job. All right. So first we're going to go take care of an errand and then we'll go by the office. Trying to see which one would be better. It doesn't matter, I passed both on the way. It's not a big deal. So, number one issue is what I was talking about before. I was on my way to a job and I wanted to talk about how to properly position yourself for work. Um, how to properly position yourself for taking on deals. Uh, and sometimes when you get really familiar with someone and you develop a certain level of trust, you don't ask enough questions. It's not to say that the work that I was offered was bad, it's just I didn't ask enough questions. So when you receive work, the tendency is, especially if you do a lot of contract work, you're really happy to be working. So you're not gonna complain much, you're not gonna, you're not going to rock the boat, so to speak. But the truth is, in order to protect your client and yourself, it is best to ask certain questions. You need to ask the time, the place for the work, and then you can determine the rate. A lot of times people will ask you, oh, how much do you charge for to do a job? And it's sort of an unfair question because oftentimes different jobs require different rates. It's not just, uh, unless you are a person who only does one thing and you can say, I'm an, I'm an editor, I edit videos. I edit videos. This is what I charge to edit a video. But you see, even with editing videos, are you doing any content creation? Are you doing, um, it, it's different styles of video require different things. Editing a wedding, when you have to take, if you're doing multicam, it's gonna take longer. So it, let's say you say, well, how long do you, how long does it take for you to edit a video? You know, it can take an hour to edit a five minute video. You really have to go in, what is it? The factor of four for every minute, it might even be more than four at this point, but for every minute of video, that you end up producing, it's gonna take at least, no, I think it's a factor of 20. I think it's a factor of 20. For every minute of video you're gonna edit, it's gonna take you 20 minutes of editing time. And oftentimes, when you're adding graphics, you're adding text, you gotta add music, that definitely changes things because the time it takes to find the right music and sometimes you got to go back and forth with the client to say hey do you like this music do you like this music that's time so when you're taking on jobs it's important that you price yourself properly uh, one of the worst things you can do to yourself is oh i just need money you take a job and it wasn't worth the money 
there have been a couple of jobs I've taken in the times past where you end up having to travel so far and pay so much in tolls that you didn't make the money you were supposed to. You say, okay, I charge, let's say, $60 an hour, but they don't want to pay you for your travel time. That's still an hour of your day that's gone. So we have come up with half-day, full-day rates, and then over a certain mileage, uh, the client has to pay. That's just in order to protect yourself and them. You want to be able to go to a job and give your best. If you realize you're being underpaid, natural tendency is to, well, oh, I'm just going to do this halfway, or I'm not going to give maximum effort. But if you really want to impress upon people to know, hey, I'm worth the money I'm charging, I'm going to give 110%, but you've got to pay me commiserately. You've got to pay me what I'm worth. Sometimes the fear of them going to a different um, worker has us taking on jobs. When you first start out, you're very desperate and you'll take a job. Uh, sometimes it's not in your best interest. It really isn't. And you find yourself undervaluing yourself. I can understand when you're starting out and you need to prove yourself. When you've been doing it for five years, you have a portfolio. You, you know what you're worth. It's uh, part of the reason there's certain jobs I just won't take. Uh, because you find that the people don't want to pay you because they don't understand the work that it takes. As I mentioned before, you think, oh, you're just editing. I'm going to give you some files just editing. There was a music video I did for a friend. Um, just to see how I can do it. I didn't charge anything. But it came out really well. They shot less footage than they needed for the entire song. So I had to come up with uh, parts and pieces to fit. It was easily a $600, $700 editing job just for that one video because it wasn't just, oh, here are the pieces you give me. Let me put it together first. If you're not there at the shoots, you have to recognize what it is they're trying to do with the music, what it is they're trying to say. So you've got, let's say, footage from 10 cameras. You've got to go through the footage, <clears throat> figure out what goes where, line everything up, then figure out, hey, what's the best cut? What's the best place to put this? Where's the best? Which side gives the most emotion? You send it out. And then you got to get it back, make adjustments according to what they want, and then send it again. So it's not just, well, the music video, the music is five and a half minutes long. I'm charging for five and a half minutes. It doesn't work that way. So these are just some things to think about. So in terms of going out to a site to do some work, one of the things to consider is, once again, the time that they need. Oftentimes, you won't get crew called times until the very last minute. Uh, one job we did, I forgot to ask for the times, and crew call was 7 o'clock. And the place is half an hour away. So you know you're leaving. You have to get up around 5.30 to get ready to leave by 6.45 to get to the place in time that becomes very tiring and yes the payoff is usually pretty decent but 
the payoff is only decent if you price it correctly. If you don't price it correctly, then the payoff is not very decent. The other thing to consider is, does the work need equipment? Um, one of the things to remember is you need to charge for equipment. You need to charge according to what, um, what the work is worth. So uh, we just did some work where we had to rent the equipment. Now that COVID is over and people are starting to have in-person programs, meetings, um, events, there was a time when, you, first of all, you couldn't find equipment to purchase. And then even if you could purchase it, was it worth to purchase it? And then it's just sitting in a studio. The best time to have purchased equipment, believe it or not, is right before COVID hit. Of course, nobody knew it was hitting. But right before COVID hit would have been the best time because um, the money, the, the prices of the items were cheaper. They were readily available. Once COVID hit uh, and then the supply chains dried up, prices went up. I don't know if they'll ever come down. Odds are they will never come down. Um, and it's harder to get things. So for events now that people need speakers, there's some speakers that I bought uh, for smaller venues. Uh, line arrays, bad battery-powered line arrays, small standalone speakers that sound good, but they're for smaller events. If you're going to do a bigger event, like this is graduation season right now, you need bigger speakers. Now, I've been, always been loath to purchase these speakers because, once again, where was I going to store them and how many ven events does it take to pay them off? If you don't have a lot of warehouse space, storage becomes an issue. So now may be time to invest. And if you can invest with a group of people, they buy a set, you buy a set. Then when you need to do something, you can share sort of a co-op. You can share equipment and that helps you defray the cost. And still it gives you may not pay it off as quickly, but you're also not carrying as much debt as you would if you did it on your own. So when you go to do these events, make sure you charge correctly for the things you purchased. So the, the number that has been thrown about for situations like that is you have your client pay for what the equipment would cost if you broke it down to the amount of time they're purchasing it for. Let's say it costs $100 and they need it for a week. Well, divide the $100 by, what is it? Is it by 365 and then you multiply it by the seven for the week? Now, sometimes they will, sometimes people will say if you buy it for the week, you get it for the weekend for free because you don't want to be picking up and dropping off on the weekend anyway and that's the incentive for them to buy it for the week whereas if they just get it for three days it's a bit more of a hassle for them to pick it up drop it off or you're picking it up dropping it off 
So all of these things are factored in when you're doing your business. And these are things you definitely need to think about. Think about the supplies you need, whether you need batteries, whether you need gaff tape. <laughs> that's, the only reason I laugh at that is buy gaff tape that's worth buying gaff tape. There's some gaff tape we bought, it left residue all over the floor. Hopefully it won't be too big of an issue. But, but that stuff costs money. So when you go in there and you need, you're running cables for three cameras and four speakers, and you need to be safe, you need to gaff all this stuff down. We gaffed lightly at an event because we were told, oh, no one's gonna use this door. We were running some cable in front of a door. Oh, no one's gonna use this door. So we gaffed lightly. Well, it turned out that there was a bathroom behind that door. So that area got tons of traffic. We really should have gaffed more. Thankfully, we, no one got hurt, but you gotta factor in those costs. All right, so going over what I said before, when you take a job, get certain information. The times you will be working, the place you will be working, so you can schedule that properly, you can price that properly, the equipment you'll need, and the hours they need you for. That's how you properly price your, your job. Uh, funny story, I gave an estimate for a job. I gave an estimate for a job to go out of town and I looked up the distance, I put in the mileage number until I realized on that day that it's $30 in tolls each way. And that wasn't factored into my initial estimate. So I can either eat the $60 or gently tell the person, hey, for me to get here was an extra six. If you didn't pay that $60, there's a way to avoid the toll. But if you didn't pay it, it's an extra 45 minutes each way. Uh, and because it was a three and a half hour drive, I wasn't taking that extra uh, 45 minutes. I'd rather pay the toll, but I wanted to ensure that I wasn't paying the toll, the, the client was actually paying the toll. So we worked it out, but once again, that's getting the information ahead of time and making sure you factor in everything. So this is an episode on how to price your business properly at least for the AV contractor style of business. Hey, look, if you have any questions, you can go to our webpage, spaceage-llc. I believe you still have to put www in front of it. I, I don't know why the redirect isn't working, but it's www.spaceage-llc.com. Go to the About page and you can send me a message. When you can, go ahead and reach out to me. We also have a podcast excuse me we are on the podcast we also have twitter it's at rbaker underscore space age uh, and reach out to me there as well i'll i'll i've got to get better either hiring someone to do my social media or doing my social media myself so let's get that taken care of people thanks for listening catch you next time Why do I always get stuck behind a dump truck going 20 miles an hour?